0: Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shell. Today I recap Team USA's win over Greece, what Josh Hart did to be the MVP of the game, another perfect shooting night from Jalen Brunson, and what Team USA has to do to win the World Cup going forward. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Infectious. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day because we are now available on each and every platform you could possibly find a podcast. Um, and that includes on YouTube. So if you want to become an everydayer, all you have to do is subscribe on YouTube, hit that notifications bell so you never, ever miss an episode. And be sure to do the same on the audio side. But if that's not quite enough for you, uh, you can text us now. The number is below. It's through an app called Subtext. Uh, you subscribe and we text you your thoughts after every game. Uh, we update you with every rumor and all that good stuff. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And we are going to break down Team USA's win over Greece. uh, More specifically, I don't know if you heard this, the Knicks podcast, uh, the performances of Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson. We will start with Josh Hart, who inspired uh, this quote from Eric Spolstra via Steve Kerr. I don't know what position he plays, but he gets loose balls. He guards anybody. At one point, Spo told me, turned to me and said, Some people get 50 50 balls. He gets the 30 70 balls. And that succinctly. Uh and uh doing a pretty good job of it sums up the brilliance of Josh Hart, who finished this game with six points, eleven rebounds, five on offense, um, five assists. Uh, to put that in context, no one else um on Team USA had more than five rebounds total. Josh Hart had five just on offense. Um, he was nothing short of incredible in this game. And it it honestly, I don't know if any of you watching at home had the same reaction. It just got me extremely excited for next year. Because I, I think the last taste in my mouth was um, the playoffs, obviously. And not that Josh was bad during the playoffs. I think a lot of us forget the shot he hit. Yeah, it was game one against Cleveland, right? When when the Knicks were going to blow that lead. And he just comes down and hits a wild uh, near the end of the shot clock foul line fadeaway, if I'm remembering it correctly. Um, to essentially seal that game. And it, honestly, for the last 20 plus years of Knicks basketball, I think we were saying this in the post-game podcast. Is that the biggest shot that any Knicks has made? It's in the conversation, right? Maybe one from Brunson later in the series. I don't know. It is hundred percent in the mix in, in terms of biggest shots in the last 20 years of Knicks' history, and therefore in the biggest shots of Knicks history. And he was mostly really, really great in that series. And then against Miami, you could see the wheels come off a little bit. And if I had any questions about what the Knicks ultimately decided to pay him, which I really didn't, especially when the news of that last year being a team option came out at that point, I was like, you know, what, this is pretty fair, pretty good deal. Um, I think those questions would have arisen from the Heat series and a series where he looked scared to shoot from three against a team full of guys who uh, I guess are quote unquote dogs in the same way that Josh Hart is a quote unquote dog that stood out a little bit less in a series against a big like Bam out of bio who wasn't going to tolerate Josh Hart. Uh, as he said it, I saw his clip yesterday. It was great. Um, in his first or second Knicks game. He got some offensive rebounds and he just kind of turned to Mitchell Robinson and he said, hey, you get regular rebounds. I get rebounds that break teams. And and that's what happened today against Greece. But in, in the second round of the playoffs, Bam prevented a lot of that from happening. And it kind of left me saying like, all right, this guy clearly has incredible value as a regular season player. Honestly, probably enough to justify the amount of money that he is getting paid going forward. But how does that translate to the later rounds of the playoffs? And look, this like playing Greece um, and their best player is Papa Giannis instead of Jimmy Butler and and Bam and maybe Dame. um, It's not the same thing, right? It it doesn't necessarily translate. But you do see his ability to impact winning is so obvious. And it's so obvious to people who have only been around him for a little bit, have only seen him as a full-time player for a little bit on a team that when he made it I don't want to say there were Snickers just because I I don't think people care about the World Cup enough for there to be Snickers. But I don't I I think there were a lot of people who are not Knicks fans who saw that and said Josh Hart and and, and Trey Young didn't make this team. And then you watch the game. And again, I mean, Austin Reeves, I think when FIBA's player, the game for my money, he was their best player in this one. And we can we can kind of go through it play by play, but he did so many good things. Like first, one of the first plays I saw, he had this incredible rebounder where he, he just not, I think it was probably Papayatis. He just knocked it out of the guy's hands, snagged it off the ground from the floor, kicked it out to Cam Johnson to save a possession. Did it again about two or three possessions later um, where he got a rebound and he created, um, he kicked it out. and, And I think it might've been Cam, honestly, Missed the three. And then he created a third possession by diving for a loose ball. And it kind of just forced a Greek player to kick it down the court. Um, then he did sort of his Nick signature where he got a defensive rebound and went through literally four guys on the Greek team. And it's he has this incredible quality to him where there's like he's he is not Zion Williamson or ironically enough, Giannis, like bearing down on you after a rebound where guys are like, all right, I fear for my life. I just need to get out of the way. But it's almost like he's moving so fast and he still is so strong that no one ever seems to want to stop his momentum or just that no one trusts that he has the audacity to actually go through three or four guys and get all the way to the rim for a finish. And again, he just does that regularly, even in the NBA. And, and it is just one of my favorite things to watch in terms of individual moments for any Nick that they consistently produce. Um, that was awesome um had a few more great offensive rebounds one where he set up um, one that led to him getting the ball back and hitting Jalen Brunson for three um had another rebound where he just he in one motion he caught it it might have been off a tip ball he just caught it off a bounce and in midair chucked it 50 feet down the court to hit Austin Reeves in stride for a layup uh him Halbert and Reeves playing together obviously it's a lot of fun when he's in with the starting lineup and he's there with, with Brunson and Bridges but those three just create magic, but with how much how much chaos they create and how fast they play, um, had another one right place, right time for for a pushback. Had another one where we pushed the pace to get Bobby Hart, not Bobby Hart, Bobby Portis a foul. Um, he's awesome. He was just he was creating everything for everyone in this game. Again, 5, 11, and six uh, could not have played much better. Jalen Brunson was also really good in this game. Uh, we can get in that into that in just a sec. Um, but first, I want to tell you about uh, my friends over at FanDuel. Uh, we had to do this thing um, in my in my league, my fantasy football league, where you place a FanDuel bet. And I put it on Team USA beating Slovenia by more than 30 points. It ended up being exactly 30 points. So not only um, did I uh, lose $5 there, but... I fell to the eighth pick in my fantasy football league, but that was because pretty much everyone else in my league won money. Some people, a lot of money because they put low odds. So if you want to get into that elite crew, all you have to do is get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5. That's the amount I bet and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus all new customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube. And YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can get on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit fanDuel.com/slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, it's the official partner of the NFL. All right, we are back. Uh let's talk a little bit of Jalen Brunson. He's as good as Josh Hart was in this game. Uh Jalen was similar. Just 19 minutes played scored 13 points on a perfect five for five shooting night. And I I mentioned it um, on yesterday's pod when we talked about Jalen Brunson's FIBA performance, but what really stood out to me was his ability in transition. And and he scored multiple times in this game, just running the floor, catching a lead ahead pass and getting all the way to the rim and finishing through contact Um, had one in particular. That was just crazy where he, he went through three guys and he just looks, I, again, I know this is something I mentioned the other day, but he, he just flat out looks a bit stronger to me going forward. Like he, he is initiating contact more aggressively. He is pushing the pace more aggressively. And I, I think he is going to be able to finish through contact a little bit better this year, which isn't something he was necessarily bad at last year. But you would see him typically finish through contact almost with more more so with off speed stuff where he was kind of doing the RJ Barrett getting to the lane, sort of euroing away from taking a really big hit and and then just hitting kind of a little push shot where where it was it was sort of a soft foul. Right. And and he would often get the and ones where you see opposing defenders kind of holding their heads and being like, what the you know what that was not that was not a foul. Um, and, And this year I could see him getting to the rim getting the kind of co- contact that guys like Kyrie Irving take that um, I don't know guys like LeBron take like e- even bigger dudes where he's just getting smacked into the floor and still finishing so that was really encouraging I already noted him um, his ability to just make smart quick passes like he, he got Mikhail Bridges a pretty easy layup just by taking one dribble inside help defender takes one step over quick swing over to him um, those are kind of the Like, I mentioned this the other day, but I think the Knicks offense just needs a little bit more rapidity to it and guys making proactive passes versus the Julius, like, all right, I am going to dictate this double team, and then I'm going to hit the open guy. I want a little bit more of, like, hey, I created a small advantage, so I'm going to move this along and trust the next guy to open that crack up a little wider, and then I'm going to trust him to move it along and open that crack up a little wider. I think Quinn Grimes, Dante DiVincenzo are guys who could – both from a scoring and passing perspective, really, really take advantage of that. But the point is, uh, Jalen Brunson was exceptional once again in this game, and I'm really excited to continue to watch him going forward. Um, other guys who stood out to me, uh, Austin Reeves, I, I think continues to be top three or four player on this team. Um, he really, like, honestly, he is, I, I don't think or we haven't seen anything yet that says Quentin Grimes can be quite that level of one-on-one scorer, but there's still some time there for Quentin Grimes. Um, He is two years younger than Austin Reeves. And if I'm looking for a mold that I want him to follow the Reeves type of third banana on a really great team with two stars, because this is something we were talking about Jalen Brunson the other day. If the Knicks are ultimately going to make some star moves, they're going to lose some of their depth, right? I've said it forever, but I think Emmanuel quickly, unfortunately, I don't want this, but I think it's going to happen, is eventually going to be on his way out. I think Julius Randle, honestly, like if if you tell me the Knicks make the finals in the next five years, is Julius Randle on that team or not? I think he is probably not going to be on that team. And that means you're ultimately, unless the Knicks find someone else in free agency or via trade, you're going to need Quentin Grimes to, probably ultimately be unless he's one of the guys traded um maybe your third or fourth best player right and i think he has that within him and you ask me all right gavin what does that actually look like on the court i think it looks a lot like what we're seeing from austin Reeves, both on the lakers and team usa right knockdown shooter but a guy who and and to be clear like this is where I'm, i'm hesitant that he can ever get here is at this point really far removed from being a mid-range scorer. And that is where Austin Reeves kills people because in the international game, there's no three-second rule. Everyone wants to protect the paint. Everyone, of course, against Team USA with with the world-best shooting they have, and it's not really close between them and and pretty much any other country. Germany's Germany's shooting is pretty good. Canada's shooting, if they'd had Jamal Murray, uh, would would be maybe in that mix. But the point is most teams do not have Team USA-style shooting, which means, much like in the NBA, but I would argue to an even greater extent, Teams are trying to give up mid-range shots. And guys like Jalen Brunson and Austin Reeves are killing people getting those shots. And, and, and at times just getting all the way to the rim because you you press him out up from three. And we saw that from Reason One possession this game where the Greek defender almost didn't respect him and said, All right, I'm just gonna get in this dude's grill. And Reeves was right by him for a layup in about two seconds. I want to see more of that from Quentin Grimes this year because last year he was getting disrespected in the playoffs by guys like Duncan Robinson. And I want Quinn Grimes, with his speed, with his alleged best-in-the-NBA ability to beat closeouts, I want to see him attacking that this year over and over and over again. I know he can do it. I know he should do it. Um, and I think it would help him to have an in-between game, right, to have a mid-range game. And with how high he gets on his jumper, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to hit his shot. I would expect that he probably spent huge portions of his youth working and perfecting that shot, I think he can do it at the NBA level. Right now, he's just not getting enough looks, right? All of his shots are expected to be either from three-point range or beating a closeout to get a layup or a dunk. If you're taking mid-range shots right now, he's getting side-eyed by Tom Thibodeau. If he takes two, he's maybe getting put on the bench because the Knicks just have options that they consider better, whether it's an R.J. Barrett, who I didn't even mention in the conversation, for that third or fourth guy, obviously. He could be, um, if he is still on the team. Um, but yeah, I, I expect Quentin Grimes to eventually get cast in that type of role for the Knicks, and I think him developing his mid range game and in an Austin Reeves fashion because let's just say this he is always going to be, and I think Austin Reeves is a solid defender, so he's going to be a far better defensive player than Austin Reeves. I would argue he's a far better athlete than Austin Reeves. I think his ability to be closeouts, how explosive he is, just like just watch early next season the speed that he gets from the ground to the rim right he's not jumping over people but he jumps fast and he jumps very strong with his ability to take contact he has great 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 core strength quentin grimes and if i'm again if i'm looking for him making that next step next year i want to see him actually taking advantage of those athletic traits you see it all the time with guys in the nba who have great traits but doesn't always translate all right uh let's take uh one more break and when we come back uh we'll talk about team usa's path going forward to a world championship all right, guys, uh, I, I just wanted for, for anyone who's like me, who's like just beyond being a Knicks fan, is just a fan of this tournament. I wanted to break down what it's going to look like going forward. So so here's the deal. Team USA is qualified for the second round. Um, they could lose to Jordan and uh, Jordan's uh, Michael Jordan, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who has been maybe after Luka Doncic, the best player in this quarterback, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Uh, Nikola Vucevic would like a word, but he's been that good uh, for Jordan. But let's just say Team USA wins that game, doesn't win that game, doesn't totally matter. Either way, they're going to end up playing uh, Lithuania and Montenegro, who have, I think it's Group K, who have both qualified for the second round. in the rival group, and the good news for Team USA is they could, like, if there is a fluky loss there, um, they can afford one, because the top two teams get out of round two, so it is not inherently um, single-elimination, Um, So you go one and one and you get the point margin. Uh, You can get through to round two uh, or you can get through to, sorry, the quarterfinals round three. Um, Obviously it would be cleaner for team USA. If they are able to just uh, win the group and beat both Lithuania and Montenegro Um, on on Montenegro, the main guy they have to worry about is Nikola Vucevic. He's been great in this tournament. I think uh, team USA should win that game. I think Lithuania um, who um, I think famously did they beat team USA either during the, 2004 Olympics or during the 2006 World Cup. Um, they always seem to give Team USA trouble. A lot of great games against Lithuania over the years. I remember um, the first Kobe team, whether that was the Olympics or maybe that was 2006 World Cup. I'm not sure if Kobe played 2006 World Cup. Uh, but either way, I, they, they always seem to give Team USA a lot of trouble. And they have Jonas Valanciunas, who is going to be an absolute load. Obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr., Walker Kessler, fairly well-equipped to stop him but I don't think you're going to see any Palo Banquero minutes when he's in the game. That is going to be a real physical challenge for the U.S. You've seen them have a lot of issues where um, Steve Kerr has them switching a lot of pick and rolls. I'm not sure if they're going to risk that as much against Valanciunas just because he's going to really punish guys like Austin Reeves who were getting strips against Papayanis and Jalen Brunson, who at times has done an okay job holding his own against bigs, not going to fly against Valanciunas. And then a couple of uh, old... Nick's friends. Um, you have, you have Mindaugas, Kuzmingas, um, Chris Stapp's uh, old uh, running mate, of course. Um, you have Iggy Brazdakis, who is one of my all-time favorites. And then uh, we'll get a chance to see Rokas Jacobitis, um against Team USA, which I'm really excited about because I have not had the opportunity to take a few minutes and watch him play quite yet um but uh all accounts obviously are in Europe he's excelling and he's been really good for Lithuania in this tournament so that's gonna be a real challenge for Team USA game I'm looking forward to assuming they get through um their quarters would likely be against the Dominican Republic and Serbia and this uh serves to emphasize that Team USA got incredibly fortunate with the draw they had this year um they avoid um my top four threats in the tournament Germany Canada uh, Slovenia and Spain until the semifinals, which again, just to miss all four of those teams, they would have, I think, missed France too, um, is is just exceptionally good luck. And I think they're going to be able to beat either of those teams, obviously Serbia, no Nikola Jokic, the DR with Cat, going to be a challenge, but not a lot of other NBA talent on that team. And then you get to the final four, Germany, Canada, Slovenia, Spain, all teams with a chance to beat Team USA. I don't think they've ever... No, because they, they didn't be, um they, they never had to deal with Slovenia in the tournament last time around. Uh, if in the Olympics, uh, because France ultimately beat them in an exceptionally close, great game. And Canada, they've never had to play at full strength because Canada always seems to get out early, always seems to not qualify. Um, and I think that's a game that's been years in the making, maybe ever since RJ Barrett pretty much single-handedly beat Team USA when he scored 38 points in the, was it the U18s? Was it some just international friendly game? Um, Either way, uh, that's a game that's been years in the making. Um, I think probably their biggest challenges there are Germany or Slovenia. Obviously we saw what the Spanish national team can do and we've seen what they could do for the last 15 years now, even without Powell, Mark, Ricky Rubio still have Rudy Fernandez who's 50 years old somehow. Um, So that's, it's a fun little throwback guy who was uh, in his prime playing against Kobe Bryant and LeBron and Melo and all those guys. Um, so that's cool that he's still there. But yeah, I think, I think Luca just having like a 40 point game and Team USA just having no answer for him. And Germany with the combination of really Schroeder is just a killer. Like he, he out a Patty Mills, who's kind of the ultimate FIBA guy in my mind. And yeah, of course, Australia is also a threat between Mills, Giddy. Ingles, um, all the guys that they have, Adante Exum. Um, My point is, I think Germany and Slovenia are the two teams that I would fear the most going into the semifinals. And finals, luckily, no matter what happens, Team USA is ultimately only going to have to play two of them and at the very end of the tournament. So we'll see how that ultimately goes down. I, I think I would... I would say it's pretty 50-50 as to whether they win. I think those are going to be really tough games. I've had some concerns about how they've looked defensively at points in this tournament, and they were challenged in the prelims, obviously. They have not been challenged during actual FIBA play, other than by New Zealand for a little bit. So we'll see how things go going forward. I'm pretty confident, but we will continue to have all the action for you, um, or at least talk about all the action for you here on Locked on Knicks. But until then, I'm Gavin Shaw. See you soon. Unlocked on it. Oh, wait, before we go, a uh, really cool thing we're doing. I'll put out a tweet probably later today for it. We are going to grade your takes. So if you want us to do that, um, respond either to our post on YouTube or on X, um, giving us your hottest take, and we will put a grade on it. That's going to be a fun episode later this week. But until then, I'm Gavin. Talk to you soon. Unlocked on Lockdown. Knicks. Uh, be good. and.